Good morning, Grace Hills. Man, I'll tell you what, I'm excited to be here today. Last week I was talking to Casey and I said, man, it was so much of a, like a whirlwind and so many things going on, but today it feels like we are just home. And uh, man, we're excited about what God's going to do. Let me say this, you are not here by mistake, you are not here by accident, that I think that God has a purpose for us being here this morning, amen? Let's try that again. God has a reason for us to be here, Amen. Man, I believe that God has something he wants to do. If you're joining online too, let me say that it's not by accident that you are here too. That God has a reason for us to be here. I think there's something that he wants to do in and through our lives this morning. That he has a purpose for us here. Um, it has a purpose for your life. So we're going to start today. We're in a series that we're calling it um, Uncommon. And the reason for that is because we believe that there is a unique mission, right? A unique purpose, a unique calling that God has on this church. And when it, when Casey and I were looking for where do we want to be? Where do we, where's the place that we want to come to? Where is the church that we want to be, that we want to invest our lives, the people that we want to raise a family with, the people that we want to walk through with? There were some unique things about this church that we looked at and we said, hey, those are things that we look at. And as we look at so many different places that we say, this is a really uncommon place. And that this is a place that we feel like God is doing something special at. And a place that we say, hey, we want to come. The we want to join, that we want to be a part of. And this is the kind of place that we want to come and say, hey, we want to invest our lives and be a part of. And so what we're doing in this series is talking about what are some of the uncommon things of this church? What are some of the uncommon things that God has in store for this church? And so we're going to go through a few of those in this series. And what we're kind of breaking off of last week and then this week is our mission statement, which is this. As a church, this is our mission statement, is that we exist for broken people to find healing and Jesus, to experience authentic community, and to grow spiritually. Now, last week we talked about what does it mean to be broken in that. And one of the things that I love is that at this church, we say if you're broken, you're not just welcome here, but you belong here, right? We know that we're all walking through some difficulties, that we're all walking through some challenges. And it's not one of those things where if you're broken and you're experiencing brokenness in your life that you can be here, but it's one of those things that God created this place for you. Let me say that to you today. Maybe you came in here and you got some hurts and you got some things that you're walking through and you're in here today. You belong here. God wants you here that he created this place for you. You belong here. And then secondly, what we're talking about is this, is this, is that we are a church that believes that we're called to experience authentic community. And that's what we want to be. In this church, we want to be a place where people can come in, that they can be real, that they can walk through life together, that they can experience life together. And it's not one of those things where we feel like we got to come in. How many of you know, you've been a part of some places and been a part of, man, I'll tell you, I've been a part of some places where you go and you feel like I just got to put a little bit of an exterior on. And when somebody talks to me, I got to say, hey, well, you know, like, yeah, I'm just great. I'm great. I'm blessed and highly favored. Whenever we just say everything's awesome. You know what I'm talking about? Maybe you don't. But you know, I've been in some of those places. But what I love about this church is that we're not a place that says, hey, you got to come in and you got to fake it. But we actually say that we're here to fight fake. We're going to say we're going to be real. We're going to be genuine. We're going to walk it out together because it's only in the, in the context of authenticity that relationships truly work. We're going to talk a little bit about that today, that we are called to be a place of authentic relationships. And where I want to begin this morning, I think this is an important question to ask is this is why do authentic relationships matter to your life? If you think about it, why does it matter? Because a lot of places will say that, and it's really easy to put on a sign and say, hey, we're about authentic relationships, but why? 
Why does it matter? Why does it matter? And I'll be honest, like I can be an introvert sometimes. I, I like to say that I said this earlier or last week, I was telling some people and they said, are you an introvert or are you an extrovert? And I said, well, I'm an outgoing introvert that I kind of good. I like to talk to people. I love it. But when I recharge, I'm kind of on my own a little bit sometimes. And we were talking about it. And, I, and so sometimes I can like, I can pull myself out. I can do it. And it says, so why is it? Why is it that I need to be a person that is authentic? Why do I need to be a person that's in community that has people walk it out with me? And here's why it's important. is because we are created for real and genuine and authentic relationship. When God created you, imprinted on your DNA and who you are at your core, that you were created for real and genuine relationship. You think about it one way, we know that we have a kind of a vertical relationship where we created for relationship with God, right? We don't believe that Christianity is just a religion of a bunch of things that we've got to do, but that God created you because the God of the universe wanted to know you, that he wanted to have a relationship with you. It's not just about a bunch of rules. It's not just about a book, but it's about knowing the God of the universe. That he says, I created you, I love you, and I want you, and I want to have a relationship with you. And that's a vertical relationship. But not only are we called and built for vertical relationships, But God also built us for horizontal relationship, right? Relationship with each other. I think about it, it's ingrained in who we are to the core of our being. In Genesis 2.18, God created Adam. And he says this line right after he created Adam and as he was about to create Eve that I think is so telling. He says this, he says, it is not good for man to be alone. It's not good for man to be alone. Now, some people will say that's kind of in the, the context of marriage, but I don't think it's only in the context of marriage. It's not just qualified in that. I think it speaks just to who we are. When we're created, I think God looks at us and says, we're not created to do life alone. We're not created to be isolated. We're not created to, to, to be on our own, but God created us for relationship. Solomon talks about this in kind of our main passage for the day. We're gonna read from Solomon in Ecclesiastes, and he was one of the kings of Israel. One of the wisest guys that ever lived. He had everything that you could ever want. He had all kinds of wealth, all kinds of riches, had everything. And even though he was a guy who had everything that you could ever imagine, he still talks about the importance of relationships and that a life without relationships is meaningless. Here's what he says in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 7. We're going to read verses 7 through 12. He says this, He says, I observed yet another example of something meaningless under the sun. So here it's saying this is something that's meaningless, that's pointless. And he says, this is a case of a man who is all alone, without a child or a brother, yet who works hard to gain as much wealth as he can. And he says, but then he asks himself, who am I working for? Why am I giving up so much pleasure? Now, it is all so meaningless and depressing. We're going to read on a little bit in a second, but let's break there for a second. I think this is so important. He says, a life alone. He says, it's meaningless. And I love this way he says it, meaningless and depressing. I think that's huge. And in this passage, when I was reading it and I was kind of talking to Casey about it, I said, we see, I think, in this passage, so much of America, right? Because it's this idea of you can accomplish a lot of things, you can gather a lot of things, you can do a lot of things, but if you don't have real, genuine, meaning relationships, it's meaningless and it's just depressing. See, we're really good at accomplishing things, we're really good at doing a lot, but how many real relationships do we have in our lives? And I'll be honest, this was me. 
um, a few years ago, and just me in general, I can be like a workaholic. I don't know if anybody else does that, but I can get like, I get a goal and I get focused and I can get so singly focused on something that I'm like running hard and I'm going to give it everything I got and I'm going to run and I'm going to run and I'm going to run. And I can get so focused on accomplishing things, reaching my goals and doing these things that sometimes it's easy for me to pull out of relationships. And a couple years ago, I just had to look at my life and said, that's not right. That's not good. That's not healthy. I have a cousin in California who's just a really close friend of mine. And um, he calls me on a regular basis and he says, okay. He's like, have you taken time to rest? And then he'll ask me, who, uh, who have you went and spent some time with? Who have you walked it? Have you got any guys that you've just gone fishing with lately? Right? And sometimes we just need to take that moment to look at our life and say, am I so focused on goals and accomplishing things? Am I so caught up in doing and going and running that I've sacrificed some relationships. And I think that's a huge idea for us in Northwest Arkansas, because let's be honest, we are living in a really great area. Northwest Arkansas is awesome. Everything's coming up. There's so much prosperity. There's a lot of things going on. It is an amazing area to be. But I look at this city sometimes and I wonder this. I wonder how many people in this city right now are prosperous financially, but bankrupt relationally. And I think about that in our lives. How many times could we say maybe we're, we're prosperous at our job, we're prosperous financially, maybe we're prosperous at reaching a goal, prosperous at college, prosperous at some of these things, but we look at our lives and we say, but we're bankrupt financially, or bankrupt relationally. And I don't mean that, um, not like in a derogatory way at all, because I think there are just some traps in our lives that lead us to that place. I think about busyness, right? We just get so busy in life. We're doing so many things that it's easy, just it's very easy to kind of to pull out and pull out of relationships because we get so busy into life. Expectations. We've got to have this much in my IRA by the time I'm 40. Got to have this much by the time I'm 50. I got to have this job title by the time I'm 55. We got to be in this house by the time we're 60. And we get so plugged in to reaching these goals, reaching these expectations, right? That we come to this place to where we look at our lives and we realize, man, I've sacrificed the relationships. In my life, uh, a couple years ago, I was working on my uh, PhD and I was walking through all this stuff and it just took so much time and so much effort. And me and Casey, we were going for a rock around the neighborhood and we were walking and I just had this kind of, you know, there's kind of those moments in your life where you can just feel the Holy Spirit just kind of touch on you and you can say, okay, I realize I need to, I need to do some adjusting here. And we were walking around the neighborhood and I realized I was doing some really good things. It was honestly working and doing the schooling, go to PhD, all this stuff was, was a God thing. I felt like God had called me to do it. Felt like God wanted me to do it. It was one of those things that it was a good thing and it was a God thing. But I realized that I had taken that God thing that he had called me to do and I had made it imbalanced and I had made it unhealthy to where we were walking around the neighborhood and I was talking to Casey and I realized I haven't had a real genuine like deep conversation with her like two weeks because I've been so busy into all these other things. And it was a good thing, but it's a good thing that I allowed to come so important in my life that it had pulled me out of that relationship. And here's the thing I want to say to you is that's not who we're created to be. We've got to be more than that because here's what we are. As a church and as a people, isolation is one of the most meaningless, depressing, and dangerous places that we can ever be. I want to say that to you again. It is one of the most meaningless, depressing, and dangerous places that you can ever be because we weren't designed, we weren't intended, we weren't created to do life alone. 
Now, some of you are in here and you're saying, hey, that's me. I can feel that. I, I've been guilty of that. And it's not here to beat you up today because here's what I want to do is I want to give you some hope. Because real and genuine relationships, authentic relationships can change your life. And that's what this church is created for, right? We're a church that says, hey, we're going to fight the fake. We're going to walk in it in together and we're going to be real with each other and you can have real relationships. So I want to give you some hope today. And Solomon, he doesn't just talk to us about the bad part of relationships if we don't have them, but he also gives us the hope, the joy, the strength, the goodness, the power of relationships. And so we're going to read on. After he kind of gives us that depressing part, he gives us some hope here. And here's what he says. He says, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. He says, if one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one keep warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. Here's a couple things I want you to see in this passage. Number one is this, is that we are designed to flourish through authentic community. We are designed as people to flourish through authentic community. Here's the way that Solomon says it, that very first part. He says, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. Two people are better off one. Paul says it a little differently, right? He says that we are like a body and that some of us are fingers, some of us are hands, some of you are armpits, um, some of you are some hair. I don't know where we are, right? We're different parts of the body, but each part of the body has a purpose, right? And and on its own, if I'm a finger, just a finger on my own, I'm not gonna do too much and I'm not gonna be too successful because what does it take? It takes takes a hand and it takes an arm And it takes being connected to a brain and connected to some eyes. And it it takes us working in context with each other to be successful. See, we're designed to flourish through authentic community. But here's what you got to understand. I think this is a huge point that you're going to hear coming up over and over and over today is this. Is that flourishing in a community requires authenticity. Flourishing in a community requires authenticity because if we are never honest with our strengths and our failures, if we're never honest with what we're great at and what we're not great at, if we're never honest with who we are and what we're walking through, then people can't join us in our weaknesses, they can't support us in our strengths, and they can't help us succeed in our lives if we're not honest and we're not genuine and we're not real. Let me give you an example. So when uh, Casey and I first got married, she, uh, she came to my apartment and she said, well, you're not going to decorate our house. And uh, <laughs> I said, you're probably right. And so we, uh, we bought this house and I kind of remodeled it. So when we got married, she moved in and she started decorating and she did uh, put all these things on the wall. And I remember I was at work and I came home one day and I, was, and I looked at where she put all these pictures and I thought, well, this is really strange because there's just pictures in weird, strange spots. And I thought, well, this must be like some kind of Picasso Pinterest thing that I don't know about. And, uh, and so I was looking, I was like, well, we'll just go with it. She knows more than I do. And so I left the next day, went to work. And when I came back, one of the pictures had fallen off. And I was like, well, that's kind of strange. And so I went over and um, I got this picture. I went to go put it on the, on the wall back on the nail. And I looked and there was a bobby pin in the wall. And I thought, what in the world is going on? So I was like, Casey, I was like, what, what are you doing? And she was funny. She told me, she's like, well, 
I didn't want to bother you, and I really didn't want you to know it. She's like, I don't really feel comfortable, like, using a nail and, like, the, and the hammer. And she said, so I just went through, and I found all the old nail holes, and I put bobby pins in them, and I hung all the pictures. And so that's why they were all in weird places. And she just did this. But what I think about that story, it's a funny story, but here's the thing about it is this. Is if she would have came to me and said, hey, I don't really feel real comfortable with this hammer and nails. Will you help me? She would have been honest. I would have been like, yeah, like that's great. When I was growing up, like we're going to pull out tape measures and levels and laser things. We're going to get this thing all straight, right? Like I'm good at it. I like that part. But she doesn't. Right? And if she would have been honest with me and said, hey, I don't, I'm really good at like the decorating part and I could tell you where to put it. I'm not good at the hanging part. Would you help me? We could have walked that out as a team and it would have been awesome. It would have been HGTV worthy. It would have been great. But what does that take? It takes being honest and saying, hey, this is what I'm good at. This is what I'm not good at. Being able to be in a community and say, hey, here's my, here's my strengths, here's my weaknesses. We can walk this out together. See, God created us to work in relationship with each other. But that only succeeds in the context of authenticity and honesty. Had a conversation with Martha this week, right? And we were talking about some of the stuff of the church and how we're going to do things. And I told her, I, we were on the phone, I was like, hey, I'm just really bad at these like four things and you're really great at these things. And then, so I told her, I was like, you just run with these things because you're awesome at them and I'm not good. And I think that's going to work as a team when we're able to say, this is what I'm good at, this is what you're good at. I was talking to Jared this week, we were talking about kind of staff meeting, how we're going to run some of these things and what we're going to do. And I was like, hey, these are things that you're really good at, you know, here's the things that I'm good at good at. Let's work together as a team. Let's walk this out. And that's what it's supposed to be. In our life, I think that's what we're called to be. What God designed us to be able to do is to have a community around us, the way Paul said it, a body around us that we come together and we say, "This this is where I'm succeeding at. This is what I'm good at. This is what I'm not. And that together that we can succeed. See, relationships are vital to you reaching your full God given potential. But you have to be willing to lean into them. You got to be willing to lean into them. One of the reasons why we prioritize authenticity at this church is because we genuinely believe that God has a purpose for your life. You're not an accident. You were created for more than to just exist. God has a, the purpose for your life. There's things that he wants you to accomplish. There's things that he wants you to do. And we believe in you. We believe that God has that for you. And we want to see you succeed. This church isn't just about come in here and watch us on Sunday morning. But it's about come in here and let's be a body together. And let's see you reach the full God-given potential that he has on your life. But what that takes is authenticity takes coming in here, being real with each other, and that's the only way that we're as a church gonna reach our full God-given potential. And that's why, that's why it's one of the core values of who we are. It's because we say we're not gonna be able to do it on our own, but we need you here with us. See, there's only so far that you can go on your own, but God created you for more than you can just do on your own. Amen? Here's the second thing to say is this. Not only does community help you succeed, but authentic community helps us, um, keeps our failures from becoming permanent. Authentic community keeps our failures from becoming permanent. Here's the way that uh, Solomon says it. He says, if one person falls, they, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Here's the deal. We're all going to make mistakes. 
we're all gonna make some failures. There's gonna be some times in your life that you're gonna go and you're gonna be running hard and you're gonna trip and you're gonna fall and your life is gonna be a little hectic there for a reason. And here's the thing, the tool that God gives us to keep those failures from becoming permanent and destroying your life completely is authentic community being real with people, people that are walking out along with you that as you fail, that are able to reach down and say, hey, I see you fall. I see you made some mistakes. Let me walk this thing out with you. I was reading a book a couple weeks ago and it was by this pastor and he had fallen into pornography and then that, that went further into infidelity and then went further and further into so many different things to where his life got to a point where it was completely just destroyed and in shambles. And I remember reading this book, watching him kind of progress along this thing. And at the end of the book, he said, if I would have just had somebody in my life that I could have been honest with, I know that the end would have changed. And then he began to look back and he'd say, and he brought up like four points where he says, I was, I was with this guy. And he said, I could feel the Holy Spirit kind of pulling me to be honest with this guy and just like be honest and tell him what I was walking through. And I knew they could have helped me, but, but I was too ashamed to talk him through it. And it hit me like a ton of bricks to think he was saying, my life is completely in shambles in so many things right now. And at this point that I'm looking at, and if I could have just had somebody in my life that I could have been real with. Somebody that I could have been authentic with. I know that they could have reached down and helped me in that. I love the way that Solomon says it. He says it this way he, in that scripture. He says, if you fall alone, you are in real trouble. But the opposite of being in real trouble is this, is that if you fall with someone beside you, then you're in a salvageable position. Because you got somebody there to help you, to walk it out with you, to do it. But once again, here's what it takes, is it takes people in your life that you are authentic with takes people that you're real with that you could say, hey, this is what I'm walking through. This is what I'm challenges. People that you let behind your walls that you, you have that fake facade that we all have, right? That you put this up and it's just kind of this rough, tough exterior that, oh, everything's fine. I'm gonna put a smile on, everything's fine. You gotta have people in your life that you say, I'm gonna let you behind this wall. I'm gonna let you see who I am because I need you. I need you to walk through this with me. I need your help. I need you to be in this, this struggle with me. And that's what we can do. And as a church, we're called to do that. But here's what's cool. As a church and as Christians, the reason we can be authentic with our struggles is because we are a community that is marked by grace, a community that is marked by mercy, a community that says, we know that we can't get it all figured out on our own. We know we're not perfect, but it sure is good that Jesus is. See, Christians and all the other places in the world, they're a place of we're gonna be done with you. You make a mistake. I'm out, I'm done. I never wanna talk to you again, right? We just see that in culture. In other religions, we see that you gotta kind of work your way and earn your way into heaven and you gotta do these things and you gotta get better and better and better and you gotta do these things. Christianity is the one place where we say you don't gotta earn it. And we know you got failures. We know you got mistakes and that's okay because Jesus is more than your mistakes. That you're not defined by the mistakes that you've made. You're not defined defined by your past. You're not defined by your failures, but you're defined by what Jesus did on the cross for you. And so we're a community that can come and say, yeah, you got some mess ups. I do too. Let's walk this thing out together. Hey, I see your failures. I see where you've fallen. Hey, and I'm not going to judge you and be mad at you and be upset at you and say, oh, I can't believe that you messed up. Why are you such a dummy? Why did you do this? Oh, that's so bad. Let me shame you for what you've done. But we're a community that says, hey, I've been there too. Let me give you an arm and let me pull you out because let me tell you, Jesus has more for your life than the junk that you're in right now. 
That's who we're called to be. Christians are uniquely positioned to be a place of authenticity. It's who we are. We know we've got failures. I love what the Bible, the Bible doesn't expect perfection. Here's what it says in Galatians chapter six, verse one and two. Um, Paul says this, he says, dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. Now, let me, I'm gonna pause this. I didn't have this in any notes, but I, I think this is an important part for us because I think as churches and as Christians, sometimes in the place that we fail is what Paul says right here. He says, gently and humbly. That means we don't come in and we don't say, wow, I can't believe you've done that. That's so horrible of you. I'm so ticked off at you and you are such a failure. It's not coming in and saying, hey, we're gonna get after you. But it says, do it gently. Do it humbly. What does humbly mean? Humbly says that I come and I know, man, if, but by the grace of God, that could be me. Humbly says that I know I've got some failures in my life too. And so I see you and I'm not coming at you at a place of judgment saying, how could you ever? But it's saying, man, I've been there too. Let me help you. That's a freebie there. <laughs> Gently and humbly. And then he goes on, he says, and be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. And I love this part. Here's what I want you to catch today. He says, share each other's burdens and in this way, obey the law of Christ. Share each other's burdens. It doesn't say when somebody messes up that we shame them, that we beat them down, that we treat them as less than, but it says, no, what does it say? It says we bear their burdens. We say, hey, you're, you're struggling in your marriage. Let me help. Let me walk that out. Let's talk about this. Let's, let's get this together. Let me, let me help you walk through this thing. Maybe let's, let's do a study together. Maybe we're gonna get on you version and do a, a marriage re- reading together. I don't know. Maybe we're gonna talk on the phone once a week and really kind of have some accountability. We're gonna walk that thing out together that you're not on your own. You're struggling with anger. I'm not gonna be mad at you about doing that, but we're gonna walk that thing out together. You're struggling with lust. I'm not gonna shame you for struggling with that, but we're gonna walk that thing together and I'm gonna help bear your burdens and I'm gonna put my arm around you. We're going to join together and we're going to walk this thing out together like God called us to. That's what this church is created for. That's what's something that's unique about this. You see, we got to never forget that we are called to be like Jesus. What does that mean? It means that we love people even when they're sinners, right? That's what Jesus did, that we give them grace and that we help them find freedom in him. That's the kind of community that would change the city. That's the type of community that would change your life. And that's the type of community that Grace Hills is called to be. Here's the third thing of the scripture is this, is this, I want you to understand is that authentic community gives us the strength to stand firm in the battles of your life. Here's how the way that Solomon says it. He says, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. How many of y'all know we, we walk through some, some battles in our life? Maybe some of you are in here today and you're like, that's me. I'm walking through a battle right now and I don't know how I'm gonna survive. The way that God created us to survive those challenges and those battles in our life is authentic community. Because get this, the weakest that you will ever be in your life is when you're isolated. Somebody needs to hear that. Let me say that again. The weakest that you will ever be in your life is when you are isolated. Peter, one of the early disciples, right, one of Jesus' followers, he, he alludes to this idea when he wrote 1 Peter 5.8, and he, I think he says it a great way. He says this, he says that Satan goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. 
And now when I was a kid, I loved to watch Discovery Channel. And that was before they had all the other stuff. It was all Safari at that time. And I thought it was so cool. And uh, I, I remember watching these and there would always be some British guy saying, oh, watches the gazelles, right? You know, and you'd see these, like this pack of gazelles and they'd always be there and there'd be these lions off in the distance and there would be this just this gazelle that wasn't too bright and he'd be over there he'd be all eating the grass and he'd be happy and then all of a sudden he'd see a little patch over here and he'd move over here right and then he'd get farther and he'd get farther from the pack and he'd just inch away inch away until he was fully isolated and then the lions pounced and they'd take him out and here's the thing is I think that's so true with our lives what the enemy wants to do he wants to get you so busy, so consumed by life, so focused on other things that he slowly pulls you away from the community of believers, that authentic community that's there in strength, he wants to pull you away from that pack so that way he can pounce on you. Because the weakest point that you will ever be is when you're on your own. I think about lions, or not lions, but um, elephants. I love watching when they, were, when they would kind of fight lines, what they would do is they would all back up together, put their, put their hind ends all together in a circle and put their horns down and ready for the lions to come. And I think that's what we're called to be. When we're in a pack, right, when we're together, we can fight those battles of our lives. And listen to me, like I've said before, you have a purpose. You have a reason to exist. God has something for you to do in your life. And what the enemy wants to do is he wants to get you isolated, so he can take you out before you ever live out that God-given destiny in your life. But here's the trick. It takes being honest and letting people into your life and letting people into your struggles and letting people into what you're walking through. And I'll be honest, this is one of the areas that personally I'm growing in. When I was growing up, like I said, I, I think one of the things that I just thought about was like, I'm gonna put on a tough exterior and I'm gonna pull myself up by my bootstraps and no matter what's going on, I'm gonna put on a facade that I'm, I'm tough, I'm good, it's all good. It doesn't matter what's happening in the world that I'm gonna be steadfast and I'm gonna walk through. And I think, there, I think there is some truth to that. I think there are times that we do need to, right? We need to buck up and we need to do things, but we need to, inside of that too, we need to have a community that we, that we let behind that wall. And then we say, I need you in the battle with me. Let me say this. If you don't have somebody in your life, you need to find somebody in your life, somebody in this church that you can go to, that you can call on the phone and you can say, I need you right now. I'm walking through this struggle. I need some help. And if I don't get some help, I'm going to destruct here. I need you. We all need that. That's what this church is created for, is for us to do it. I think about a story. You think about like if you were a soldier, Right? And, and you were sent out on a mission. And so you start out on your mission. You're kind of by yourself. You're just supposed to be patrolling. But somehow you get turned around and you get behind enemy lines. Right? And so you're behind enemy lines and all of a sudden these sniper shots start coming over your head. And so this enemy's got you pinned down. And so you're down and, and you can feel them kind of coming in on you. And so you're sitting here inside of this ditch and you know you're not where you're supposed to be. And the enemy's coming after you and you can feel it. And you're like, probably in 30 minutes, I know they're going to be right on top of me and I can't survive much longer. But back at base, you know, you got a battalion of buddies who love you and a battalion who's got some, some Black Hawk helicopters who are willing to come on a rest mission to come save you and you got a radio but think about the moment if you're if you were so embarrassed that you got off of the path that you're like I don't want my buddies to know that I didn't read the map right and so I, I I'm not going to call them I'm just going to try to fight this thing out of my own because I don't want to call them and let them know what I'm going through in the same way I mean, you know you're going to end up dying in that place you're going to die in isolation because you were ashamed and scared to get help 
And I think in the same way, that's the way that so many of us live our lives. We die in isolation because we're ashamed or afraid to bring somebody into the battle with us. That's not the way you were created to be. It's not the way you were created to be. We're called to walk this thing out together. And let me clarify something. I think this might help some of you is being real and being honest and being authentic doesn't mean that you have to come in and you have to share your deepest, darkest secret and we're having this moment where you just gotta share everything that's ever happened in you and you just gotta gotta spill your guts. That's not what we're talking about when we talk about authentic community. Here's what authenticity means. It means this, is it's having the freedom to be real, to remove the false walls, Right, and let people into your lives, let people into your struggles, let people into your walk and what you're walking through and who you are. And I'll give you an example of this. How it doesn't have to be intimidating. It can be small things too. I think about last week, we were uh, at 9.09 on the second Sunday of every month. Um, Lacey, she does prayer back in the back. And so we went to that and it was awesome. Um, She does a really great job with that. I encourage you to come on the second Sunday of every month. But we were back there and she does this thing where she writes out little cards And she'll write on that where she'll say like, um, you know, we're going to pray for this thing. And so if you don't know what you need to pray for at that moment, you can grab a card and it's got some suggestions. So that way you don't get lost and you can feel like you can fill in that time. And she was writing out a card and she was writing one out for me and Casey. And she said, you know, what can I write on here for you guys? And just human nature, when somebody asks me genuinely like, hey, what can I, what can I pray for you? You know, there's a time where, where I think the flesh just makes you want to say, oh no, I'm fine. I'm great. I'm great. Right. But I remember in that moment, I just was honest and I was real. And I said, hey, you know, moving and doing a lot of this stuff right now is a real, it's a lot of stress on us right now and trying to find housing and try to figure out doing this. Like last week, we drove back and forth from where we live three times, which means we were on the road 30 hours last week just driving. Like, and it's just a lot of things going on, a lot of, a lot of trying to walk in. So I was like, can you guys just pray for just kind of like emotionally, just for us to be settled and just for, you know, for God to give us some comfort as we're walking through this? Because we're excited to be here, but the, but the transition is a little difficult. And I, and I told him that, and I'll tell you what was awesome, is I was honest and I was real in that moment of what we were struggling with. And a couple people there prayed for us. Cheryl came over and laid hands on us and prayed for us. And uh, it was just a sweet moment to know that you have people on your side, people that care about you. Uh, throughout this week, we've had people that reached out and said they were still praying for us. Uh, and that's what the church is made to be. It's not a thing where we come in and we got to act holier than thou and I got everything figured out and, oh, man, I am blessed and highly favored and everything's great. But it's a place where we come in and say, hey, I'm struggling in this part. Will you stand with me? Will you walk this thing out with me? I need you. I need you. That's what we're called to be. That's what this church is called to be. Uh, I think, that's, I think that's something that we've got to understand. What, what I loved in this whole entire thing, and this was the reason why we came to this church, is because we believe that this is a place like that, that, they, that this is a place where people walked at. I sent the staff a letter last week, and I said that we knew that God called us to be here, and we could feel the drawing of God, but what confirmed it in our hearts was the people. Because as we got into conversations with, with Martha and, and Jared and Lacey and Nina, just everybody, as we met people and as we walked it through, they were people that we said, yeah, these are people that we can be honest with. These are people we can be real with. That's the way I feel with all you guys. So I've talked to like some of you here today. It's just real, genuine relationships. It's what it's all about. It's who we're called to be. 
Uh, I remember when we were kind of in the church and the elders were kind of interviewing me and we were talking. I remember Lacey, uh, or Leslie, he asked me a question. And uh, I remember thinking through, and they had just created this avenue uh, inside of that where we were just honest with each other. The elders, man, I'll tell you what, great people that you have here. And they were just being honest and we were walking through things. And Leslie asked me a question. I told him, I said, okay, I'm not going to give you the interview answer, but I'm going to give you the real answer. Um, and I talked and I was honest with them. And I said that because they had created a place and a culture here of we can be honest and we can be real. And that's who we're called to be. That's who we're called to be. Because here's what I want you to understand is this, is that this church, that's what we believe in. That's the reason what we're called to be. And that we are dedicated, right? We are committed. We are wholeheartedly invested in being a church where people experience authentic community. But here's what it takes. Here's what it takes from you is engaging with us. We can't, we can't make you be a part of an authentic community. You can come and see us be authentic, and I'm going to tell you who that's going to help. That's going to help me. That's going to help Jared. That's going to help Kim. That's going to help the people that are willing to do it, right? And as, as I engage and as I'm authentic, it helps me. But it isn't going to help you unless you are willing to say, I'm going to be real too. And here's what it may take. It, may, it takes you coming and engaging. Maybe it's for you to plug into a small group. Maybe you need to do that. That's where some of the great relationships are built in this church. Maybe it's showing up to the women's ministry or showing up to the men's ministry. Maybe for you, it's serving. Some of the times that you can build the best relationships, I know as a church, is, is when we're serving alongside each other. Maybe if you're worried, I'll be honest, if you're worried about some awkward conversations, the easiest way to build a relationship and not be awkward is to join a serve team because you can go and you got something to do and you can walk it out and you can build some good relationships together. It's really easy. Let me encourage you to do that. Maybe for some of you, it's coming a little earlier, hanging out a little farther after service, and just starting to build those relationships. Maybe for some of you this morning, maybe you're walking through a challenge. Maybe when I said we're, you know, we're here to stand with you in your battles, maybe that's you. And I want to say this: is we're going to be up here at the edges of the of the building today as we sing a couple songs in a second. And I want to encourage you: come forward, come pray. Let us stand in, in prayer with you. Let us stand in faith with you and believe with you for God to work in your life. We're a church that believes in the power of prayer, and we believe in community and standing together with each other. Engage. It's what it takes. If we're going to be a church of real and authentic community, it takes you being willing to say, I'm going to be real and I'm going to be honest. And I wanna, I'll end here because I think this is important. I think that some of us, I'm trying to think how to say this. I think some of us have allowed bad, failed past relationships, right? relationships that didn't work out well, relationships that were maybe toxic, relationships that were bad. We've allowed those failures and those bad relationships in the past, what other people have done, what other people have said to keep us from going and engaging into relationships now. And let me say this, I think, I think this is so important, is this, is do not, do not, do not let what other people have done, do not let the mistakes of other relationships, do not let those things keep you from the blessing that God has in store for you now. I knew a girl um, who came into our church for counseling uh, a few years ago, and her parents had been in just a really, really bad divorce. It ended and just was, it was a bad deal and just destructed and uh, so many things. And so she had kind of moved on from that, but she was in this dating relationship with this guy, and it, and it was a really good, God-honoring, like really great relationship that was, that was building and life-giving. And, and she came in because she was, uh, didn't want to get married, and she was just like uh, in this place to where her, 
her when she had saw how her parents' life had deconstructed and how it had messed up and how everything had just changed because of that bad relationship. She said, I don't want to be in a, in a relationship. And we had to walk her through this process of saying, like, don't let what they did and their mistakes keep you from the blessing that God has on your life. Like, you've done this thing completely different. Like, you're setting yourself up completely different way. Don't let those mistakes keep you from the blessing that God has for you. And I want to say that to you today. I know that I know that I know there's some people in here that have maybe been in some places where there have been those bad relationships. Maybe some people that have done you wrong. Maybe somebody that stabbed you in the back. I know there's been those. But don't let the failures of other people keep you from the community that God has for you. Because here's the thing. We will only succeed and survive and reach our full potential that God has for us when we're in the context of community. Engage with us. Engage with us. I'm going to tell you the thing that I'm most excited about, me and Casey were talking about, that we love about this church. One of the things that we felt was uncommon is just the realness of this community. And uh, that's why we're here. That's why we're here. That's why we want to be here. And that's why we show up early and we're going to leave late every single week is because we want to know you. And we want to be in a relationship with you. So we're going to go to every single small group if I can get into them. I want to go to every single one because I want to meet you. And I want to know you. And I want us to be a community and a church that walks this thing out together. See, church isn't just something we come to, but it's a family that we belong to. And we come together and we join together. And that's the way that God designed us to be. Amen? Hey, let me pray for you. Dear Holy Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. And God, we thank you that... You designed us for a relationship, that we're not created to do life alone, that we're not created to, to go through these things on our own, but that you created us to exist, to succeed, to be strengthened by relationships and authenticity and being real with each other. And so God, I pray for us as a church that you just breed a, a, a freedom inside of us to be able to be real a freedom inside of us to be able to let people behind the walls, a freedom inside of us to be able to be real with people. And God, I pray that as we do that, that we see just huge results in our life. And God, I pray for maybe a person in here today that has been burned by relationships and that they haven't, haven't engaged because they've, they've just bluntly have been, been messed over in some of those bad relationships. God, I pray that you give us healing in those areas. And that we experience that healing and that as we experience that, that we have the freedom to re-engage and that freedom to walk into what you've called us to be. So we thank you for that this morning. We thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. And let me encourage you, come forward this morning if you want some prayer. We want to stand with you, believe with you, pray for God to work in your life this morning.